0: Hey guys, thank you so much. Welcome back to Chasing Heroin on the Stay podcast. And once again, I know I said this at the beginning of the last episode, but we want to thank you guys again so much. The reviews that you guys are starting to write on Apple is amazing. If you guys could keep that up, that would be awesome. It's super helpful to help grow the podcast and grow the platform and, you know, ideally, hopefully reach more people. So, uh, welcome back to Chasing Heroin. This is our fourth episode. Third full episode outside the intro. So if you didn't get a chance to listen to the intro and you're new to this podcast, I recommend checking out the intro where we talk a little bit about the formatting of the podcast, what the idea is, and you know what our premise is. So my name's Janine. I'm a recovering alcoholic addict. My sobriety date is January fifteenth, two thousand fifteen. So I'm coming up on almost six years, which is insane. And uh, this is my co-host Kim. Hi, everybody. This is Kim. Thank you so
1: much for your reviews and sharing it and going back and listening to the other episodes. We really appreciate you sharing it with your friends and family and anyone you think could benefit from this.
0: Yeah, the growth on this has been phenomenal. And it's actually helping me not be as scared to promote it. I was saying in the first episode, I went back and took my last name off all the descriptions because I got really paranoid about it, like getting out there. But the more I hear back from you guys that it's helpful, uh, you know, the easier this gets so we are super excited today we have our first guest on the podcast the first of many hopefully and um this is one of my like dearest oldest it's not really a using friend because we never used together thank god because i think that would have been a nightmare um but a very good friend of mine my friend tommy
2: hi i'm tommy i'm an a alcoholic addict um been a uh, battling heroin addiction for 10 years currently got a little bit of time and uh Janine asked me to uh, come on come on her show and uh, tell my story uh, I like the format I heard hers uh, hopefully it measures up to hers I don't know <laughs> i sure it will
0: it yeah. will y'all should you're one of the funniest guys ever. I remember when I met you I actually remember the first time I met you so I was at Choices so Choices I've talked a lot about Choices on this show and Tommy's also a big fan of Choices if you could like like a rehab which I know is weird but we mm-hmm. really liked this rehab and we really liked this guy Steve who yeah. ran it but it's it's a challenging place to be. And I remember I was there the first time. And I don't know how long I'd been there. Only a few weeks. And you came in. You had like six months at the time. And I remember seeing you walk in. And I was that you were wearing your toe uniform. I remember that. Yeah, I
2: was working at that toe company. Yeah.
0: Uh-huh. Is it and a
1: co-ed program? Yes. Yeah, oh, okay. For sure. Yes,
0: for sure. So it's
1: not a um, sober living?
0: No. Well, no. they have okay. sober living. They too. have sober living,
1: yeah. Got it. It's,
0: so, it's a residential and. So it starts with. If you do the whole pull,
1: mm-hmm.
0: four months residential, which is what I did, and then you move into their sober living, but you kind of have some choice about that depending. So, like, mm-hmm. you would typically do a little less than that. You would do, like, a month. Right, right, right. And then not go. Did you ever go to one of their sober livings? For sure I did. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, okay, sure. okay, okay. For sure. So, yeah, Tommy and I both, both visited.
2: And obviously, like, you know, being an addict, you don't, you don't want to be in, like, a... A lockdown facility for too long right so you didn't want to be like for me i didn't want to be in the residential i didn't either and, and that might be part <laughs> of the problem like i didn't want to sit still you yeah, know, and i'm right. always hey, just let me go us over living and then yeah you know i'd be there for x amount of time and then and then leave yeah, yeah right but the other
0: cool thing about choices is this is why i kept going back and i think this is probably why you went back the detox foundation is i think like the best place to detox if you have to detox heroin somewhere they have this fish tank that plays all the time so the water is like really calming i thought yeah. and it's super relaxed there's no rules at foundation mm-hmm. and they have lots of cereal that yeah. you can eat
2: at any time <laughs> and do you so, love
0: cereal i don't know if i knew that i do <laughs> love cereal but i think every we all love cereal when we're kicking yeah.
2: dope too oh right? really one of the easier things it's one of the easier things to, eat. Easier things
0: okay, to eat when you're for kicking you heroin stomach. uh-huh yeah sugar cereal and with milk or you're just eating
2: with milk. dry I okay. would eat it with milk. And, Steve, and, and the guy that ran it, Steve, was always like <laughs> super awesome. welcome me back. Yeah. Yes. Like, Steve uh, – Well, Steve st-
0: changed our lives, both of us.
2: He was the first person that I ever met when I started, like, trying to get sober that I thought to myself, like, oh, like, you know what? Like, maybe I could be sober. And, and be like this guy. And be cool. Right. Yes. Because, like, everybody else – I just else, got
0: chills. That's how I, I felt too.
2: Everybody else that I had met prior to that, like – They're lame. Exactly.
1: Do you think the lameness was about, like, feeling judged and you just didn't feel it from Steve?
2: No, it
0: wasn't about that. No, he was cool. He was just cool. Yeah. Yeah. He (laughs) played the guitar. It's impossible to describe this guy. Rachel, I'm going to have Rachel on at some point, and she'll, she'll, anybody that comes in from Choices will say the same thing, and, like, I don't know that any of us could really put, like proper words to it Mm -hmm. but he's just really cool he played the guitar he was super funny he shot heroin for what 28 years yeah long time he'd been to prison he'd done tons of time in prison he did he'd even been to ya back when they had youth authority wow and now he had 20 years or whatever it was he had one year less than choices was open because while he ran choices he relapsed on the choices (laughs) meds yeah which he would tell you freely and like laugh about Mm -hmm. and he just yeah me too i always thought like Okay, when you get clean and sober, that's the other reason why I want to do this podcast and put a voice to heroin and put my picture on this and be like, look, you can be a normal, regular, fun, loving person and be in recovery. Because when I started, I thought that your life is just over and you're just a nerd. Like, what do you do if you don't even drink? What the fuck do you do if you don't drink? No, I don't want to do that. And then literally I got two choices, met Steve. He always had an unlit cigar in his mouth. Played the guitar. He was really good at playing the guitar. Mm-hmm. He had all these old music pictures, like, from when he used to play concerts and stuff when he was younger in his office. And he was so funny. Mm-hmm. And he would talk very openly about, like, who even wants to fucking drink, dude? It's extra calories. Who cares? So And it was, like and a it was cool. And yeah. I was like, okay, I can get that. Like, was- this actually doesn't seem so bad when I watch this guy. And he had this beautiful wife, also in recovery. And he also... And you know what? That's what he did for the girls. He hyped up being a girl in recovery so much he was like you couldn't pay me to date somebody that wasn't in recovery mm-hmm. I don't want and this is what he said and I remember thinking because my biggest fear was like who's gonna date me I can't mm-hmm. even go have a drink with you dude like no one's gonna go out with me you know and I remember what he said he was like you couldn't pay me to date somebody not in recovery you want to know why he was like normies they're all playing checkers we're playing chess they don't even know what the <laughs> fuck's going on you give me a choice, this girl any day mm-hmm. and I remember when he said that in a girls group I was like yeah, and he liked me, too, yeah. which was
2: helpful. Completely real and honest. And it, I think, it, yeah. And and, it, and, it, and he was really
0: successful. He had a Porsche. Right. You know, he lived in a big house. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time, also, I thought... And he also didn't get clean until he was in his 30s. Yeah. And so there was also part of me, too. I mean, I'm a little older than you, but, like, seeing him live that way... Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it, for me, absolutely. It yeah. made me feel like... And, and I think he was put on this earth... And my time in recovery, this is what I've learned. I think that we're all placed on this earth for various reasons. And I actually believe part of my reason is to be a voice to recovery Mm -hmm. also, which I never would have signed up for, but I am fully, like, up to. And I think that that's – it's one of the times I feel the best about myself is when I'm giving back in this exact way. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling other heroin addicts, you don't have to die. I promise you. You don't have to die, dude. Because Tommy was there. I was bad. We were considered – me and Tommy and our other friend, I mean, we were considered, like Of the guys that Steve had seen, Mm -hmm. probably not going to make it. You know what I mean? Like, we were the worst. Yeah. So when you
1: came in, or when Tommy came in and you were there, do you remember how much, did you have clean time at that point?
0: I had like three. uh, Actually, I technically had no time. Okay. Because the first time I was at Choices, I had smuggled in Suboxone. Oh, okay. And I was doing Suboxone the entire time, which no one knew until the end. So I technically had no time. However... And that's the other reason why I think that like Heroin Anonymous, which I'm involved with now, is a good fellowship to have because you don't know about things like suboxone and methadone and I think it's really important to talk about harm reduction and what that means. So I had gone to a really upscale facility for a detox and they prescribed me suboxone because at upscale facilities they give you suboxone like you can be on it forever. Mm -hmm. And at Choices, they don't. They do a, a very clear five day taper and the reality is you shouldn't I don't think you should be. This is a personal opinion. Mm-hmm. You have to kick Suboxone if you get off of it. Okay. It's harm reduction, mm-hmm. you know? And you get really strung out on it, which I was, and I didn't know that. So I was on Suboxone. They let me into choices. I did know that I wasn't supposed to be on Suboxone in, our, in my intake. They were like, what medication are you on? And I said, oh, this. And I told him Suboxone. It was Kim. Mm-hmm. And I remember Kim started laughing, and he was like, you can't take that here. And I thought, and I actually left because I didn't want to be somewhere and not be on Suboxone. So I left Mm -hmm. and we went and looked at some other places and they all said you couldn't be on Suboxone. But Choices was obviously the coolest of the ones that I was going and looking at with my mom overnight. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go back to the first place and I'll get off the subs. So I went back to Choices, smuggled my Suboxone in and continued to take it a tiny, tiny little amount, which is a whole other nightmare. I had to run over to the CVS pharmacy during store run go over there and fill it when Lewis wasn't watching, you know, or whoever was taking us over there. And, um, I eventually got kicked out for it cause they started figuring out that I was on something. Mm-hmm. And so the first week that I was in sober living, they added Suboxone to the test.
1: Does Suboxone get you high?
0: No. Okay. Well, it does. If you are, if you are clean, like if I took a Suboxone right now or if Tommy took a Suboxone right now, mm-hmm. I would get loaded. Okay. But at the time, if you're on a maintenance, routine of it it does not get you high so I was never high and I was taking t- and I'm not even trying to to justify it. this is legit I was never high I took what are they eight milligrams mm-hmm. and I would break it into eight pieces mm-hmm. so I was taking one milligram a day it's and you're usually prescribed yes okay and you're usually prescribed they were also giving it to me though as like an antidepressant effect is what the psychiatrist at the nice rehab had told me mm-hmm. he was like well there's a there's a sense of well-being attached to this mm-hmm. and with heroin addicts We want to keep you feeling good so that you don't relapse. And I took this guy at his word, and I thought, oh, okay, so this means I'm clean. So I believed when I got to choices Mm -hmm. that I was clean. Even though I knew I wasn't supposed to be on that Suboxone, I believed in my heart that I was clean. I really did when I took my 30 days and my 60 days. And then I remember when I started changing my mind. I remember the moment I changed my mind. I was reading the N.A. book, and there was something in it that said, if you... Don't rely on God for everything, meaning if you say, like, okay, I need you to help me sleep, mm-hmm. but just in case you're not really going to do it, I'm going to take a sleeping pill. Mm. That's not full faith, and that's not how this works. And I remember reading something like that. I mean, I'm paraphrasing. And I remember reading that and thinking, oh, fuck. like, that's what I'm doing by being on this other thing. I'm not, I'm not actually clean. And that realization led me to ending up actually relapsing later because I was like, well, I don't really have any of this time. You know what I mean? But they don't know. And then I was in this awful position where I was – so, anyways. Mm -hmm. So at the time, technically none. But to answer your question, that was a long side road. To answer your question, I would have thought I had about five weeks or so when I met you. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was still in residential. Do you remember – we were
2: standing in the middle room. Yeah, yeah. Well, Steve made it that program like – so that, like, if you were, like, alumni or you, you know, clean, that you could always come back and mm-hmm. hang out. Yeah,
0: so he didn't live there anymore.
2: Like, okay. and, and, but but that that was almost the magic in it was that it was, like, a, a – It was a place. It, it was a, a, a community. Club, it was a clubhouse. It was a total clubhouse. Mm-hmm. And you could and, – and, and Steve was, like, an old surfer, and that's yeah. like a lot of why I felt connected to him. And uh, Yeah. So, like, you know, a lot of times I would, uh, you know, be on a break from work. and uh, You just drive over there and hang out. And yeah, just kind of kick back and, you know – Maybe and everybody a, did that. Yeah, yeah. Grab something to eat, maybe, yeah. and then, you know, sit in a group. Like and, and, and it was uh, it was
0: good. And he would make you feel good, too. Like, when Tom, remember, he used to call you Gator because yeah. he was from Florida. Mm-hmm. When Tommy would come in, he would always point him out mm-hmm. and be like, this guy, you know, this old junkie, he's got 60 days. He's a surfer. Look at him. Look how handsome he is. Blah, 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 blah. blah. Like, he'd, like, blow you up. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I remember when I got there the second time, I was scraggly looking. I was so – strung out and so skinny and picked up and dreadlocks. And Rachel told me later that some of the guys, like, I don't know if somebody, they must have made like a joke about me, I don't think it was a compliment. And she told me that Steve was like, hey, you give that girl about three weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Then you come tell me what you think. And I remember when Rachel told me that, and I was like, oh. Sitting on the floor foundation.
2: There's was just a good connection with that guy. There was a great
0: connection with that guy. And he made you feel good about yeah. where you were. I think that, that, that that's true. And I'm sure everybody would say the same thing. He made it seem You actually wrote on your clipboard last time. I saw your notes. You didn't say it, but you wrote at the top of your clipboard, connection is the cure to addiction, question mm-hmm. mark. And we didn't end up talking about it. But when I saw that, I thought, that's actually kind of true. And that connection at Choices that we made with the other addicts, with each other, where you don't feel alone was yeah that's what started changing my mind you know and he was so cool and so we are going to get into so as you guys know that have listened to the podcast before the format of the show is we talk about where we were around this time in history you know approximately according to like court records (laughs) etc what happened and what we got out of that that we are using now um, and, uh, Tommy had something happen in September, of 2013 that he's going to share about today. And then we'll talk to him a little bit about that. So
2: whenever you're ready, it's Tommy, um, I'm a resident of San Diego County. As I said before, uh, you know, battling, uh, heroin addiction and other stuff as well. Uh, and, uh, Janine started this podcast and told me that, uh, she'd like me to, uh, share my story about this specific time. And, uh, to be honest with you, uh, I've had worse things happen, really, um, but uh, this particular time was definitely um, it was scary. You know, it, it was, and it, it was really scary when it happened. You know, there, there's a uh, we, we talked a lot up to about what, um, you know, what points we wanted to make and and what 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 I guess that people, the big thing that 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 I would want people to take away from this story is is just. Uh, if you're going to go ahead and, and, and go out there and you know start using again after a period of clean time like you know just be careful you know because uh especially coming from me and janine's experiences where it's like you know get clean get loaded get clean get loaded you know as long as you're alive you still have the opportunity to get clean and fix your life again yeah. and so um, this for me, was you know one of the times that, that, that I almost didn't make it back out. I have had a lot of, uh, of friends that have, uh they have overdosed, and when they overdosed, it's you know it was usually after a certain amount of um, clean time. They were clean for a while and decided, hey, you know I want to start getting high again, and then maybe did a little too much, and and, and you know I had a friend die, and they called it a uh, an acute overdose. Which means it wasn't necessarily a lethal dose, but the autopsy said it was just enough to slow his heart rate down, that he passed. Oh, that's crazy! Yeah, I didn't know they that called it the... acute overdose know, though, wow. on the autopsy. I'd never heard that before. Me neither. Because um, I always thought I was
0: being safe when I relapsed by not doing that much, mm-hmm. but I think it doesn't matter.
2: Yeah, and, and if it, your body's not used to it. And I, and I also think that you know people's body's chemistries are different. You True. Know? that's and, true and, and that's like true. you know like things change and that's you know, true it's just uh that's true you know i don't know maybe it's the temperature in the air I, yeah i don't i don't i don't really know the the exacts of it but uh i know that it's dangerous and it was dangerous for me and i looked at uh, actually janine asked me when i uh, when this happened and i said you know what i got my court paperwork right here i can tell you the exact day and um I remember before this happened, you know, obviously having some clean time and saying, you know what, I'm I'm kind of bored of this now and I, you know, I need to, need to go, go ahead and get high again. And, um, I remember this being my third time picking up drugs from the guy. So
0: after a period of clean time, right? So,
2: so like, and and usually with heroin, it's like, you know, you're going to get strung out, but like
0: you try to avoid it. Yeah. Yes. Because, because in theory, in theory, you can avoid it. Right. If you get high, <laughs> I don't know. If they say three days. I was gonna say I learned it's three days. I told Kim three days. That's it's, what they say. It's not.
2: It's not. I, <laughs> honestly, like after like fully. Putting my, you know, your whole efforts research and development into it. Maybe if you did it like once a month, you could be okay. You could be right. Be a recreational. Tommy's done a lot of R and D on you this. Could, you could shoot heroin once a month and and, okay. it would and get you'd strung be okay. Out. All right. right.
0: Well, that actually makes more sense to me because I try to do that three day rule, man, and I ended up strung out every time anyway. So I think yeah. it's less. And Steve told me that once. He said that three day rule is actually not really accurate. If you do it like a, you know, a full shot two days in one, two twice in one day. Like you're gonna be strung out, yeah. you know. If you if you are an old school heroin act like we were, yeah, you know. But so, I guess go ahead. Sorry.
2: And so, you know, I, I went, you know, like a like I, you know, pick up some, get high for a couple of days, take a week off, and you know, so a couple of weeks have passed, and then I remember this being my third time after uh, a significant amount of clean time that I visited the connection, and um, I met up with him at a, uh, a retail whole, wholesale store. And uh, I met up with them in the parking lot and said, okay, you know, what's up, blah, blah, blah. Got my little dope or whatever. And uh, to add, I, I am an IV drug addict. And... Um, this was in Oceanside, right? Yeah. Tri-City area. Okay. okay. Off like Emerald or whatever. Right. And okay. um, I uh, put um, a lot of people in like in the movies and stuff, they, they, they show the, you know, they cook dope with the spoon, yeah, and the, and the lighter, and mm-hmm. uh, Were to be you honest, using a bottle cap. Right, I, I always use a <laughs> bottle cap <laughs> okay. because when you cook dope with a spoon, you get black shit everywhere. Yeah, you do. So, I used a
0: spoon anyways, but yeah. I used to keep a little envelope to put it
2: in. Yeah, yeah. well, I was I I didn't like it. I, or the bottle
0: cap though, if I had to, I used a bottle yeah. cap. I forgot, I, about, I that. I forgot cap about that. I was always the forgot about that till right now that you use a bottle cap yeah. instead. And
2: okay, the cool part <laughs> about the bottle cap is, just, like you'll find them later, and you're like, oh yeah, still so got <laughs> some here, you know. So I was always the bottle cap guy, and. And the other thing was I didn't like riding around with, like, paraphernalia. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like with yes. a fucking burn-ass spoon. And like, <laughs> yeah. so, um, it's pretty obvious. So I, I remember, you know, putting a little dope in the, in the bottle cap and throwing some water in and, you know, pulling my little shot and, and doing it. Bam. And uh, as I'm pulling off to get on the freeway, I just kind of felt like, you know, I'm not really, like, uh, I'm not really there. You know, I'm not really where I want to be. You know? Feeling
1: like I'm not quite high enough. Exactly. Or, okay.
2: Exactly. So I'm
1: not feeling like this feels off. Just I'm not really.
2: I'm not high enough. I'm there. not on my level yet. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> and uh, and and like I, uh, you know, we, we me and Janine talked about this. It's like that level is usually like, kind of like right in the line of like mm-hmm. falling out. You know, like for me, that's always where I wanted it to be with that. With you know, yeah. We call it getting that nod, getting that nod, be right. that mm-hmm. nod. And, um, and as I'm driving off, you know, this, uh, this piece of heroin is dissolving in the cap with water still in it. Right. I've, i still got water in it, you know, because I was in a rush and I just right. splashed it in there and pulled some out and did it. And right. so there's still some, you know, circulating in there. And it's been, you know, and that's the thing, you know, is like every, every time you get heroin, it's, it's always a little bit different. Right. And this stuff kind of, was it was dissolved. It dissolved a lot faster than, yeah. than most, you know. And It was actually a lot stronger yeah. than most, and uh, you know, right before I got on the freeway, I decided like, hey, I'm gonna pull off to the Shell gas station, and uh, you know, I'm gonna do one more. Mm-hmm. And so I uh, pulled into the the, the pump, and uh, you know, stuck the syringe back in, the cotton still in there, and, and I pull it out, and I remember looking at it and going, "Wow, that's a lot." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fuck it, I'll be all right. <laughs> mm-hmm. I remember it, yeah. I, I remember looking at it going that's really dark and that's a yeah. lot, yeah. but you know what, this will definitely get me there, right. and whatever, and, and, and there I Got on the freeway, and uh, so after, you know, obviously I, I did the shot at the gas station, we did the one at the, at the parking lot before that, get on the freeway, and, uh, and I remember this clearly, I'm headed back to my house westbound towards the coast, and I remember being on the freeway and looking at that. Remember how there was that Indian store? Yes. Right there? And yes. they sell, like, beads, beads and, and stuff. stuff. And uh, I had been in there once, but I remember, you know, thinking, like, that place looks pretty cool. I, I need to go, you know, or, or that place was pretty cool. I need to go back in there and check that stuff out. And that was my last oh my gosh. thing I remember. Mm-hmm. And, you know, lights out.
1: Oh, you're on the freeway.
2: On the freeway. Mm-hmm. I'm driving on the freeway. And um, lights out. Whoosh. And uh, I come to, it took a second, but I remember looking, I was, I'm in the back of the ambulance, and I remember kind of trying to get up, and they're like, hey, calm down, calm down. And I'm like, oh, and, I, and they go, um, you know where you are? You know where you are? And uh, and I could see, like, out the window, mm-hmm. a cars going by, and I could hear it. And uh, initially... Initially, I thought that my roommate had called the paramedics mm-hmm. and okay. called the cops, and I was pissed. <laughs> and I go, "Man, why do you call the cops on me?" Because I thought I was at home. Yeah, I thought they were. I thought they were at your you house. Know, and and if you've ever been knocked out or like got right. out from gotten up from anesthesia, it was it was just like that. Yeah, like it was just like, like no
1: recollection. Like anything.
2: right, like like you don't know where you are. You're kind of like uh, you're, you're 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 disoriented and. Um, I, I really know that I lost a lot of oxygen to my brain mm-hmm. because they, they ask me, they go, uh, what year is it? What year is it? And I couldn't come up with it right away. Oh, wow. Well. Like I couldn't. Like I was like, man, I have no idea. I have no idea. And, um, you know, over the next 60 seconds, everything started, started like falling, back. falling back into place. They even got me out of the gurney and stood me up. And had me talk to the cops. Are you, you know? on
1: the side of the freeway? At yeah, we're point? on the side of the freeway.
2: Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm in the ambulance. I'm, I'm looking at my truck in the bushes. So um, you had run off the road? I went off the road, down an embankment where an on-ramp was coming. Oh, my gosh. Across the on-ramp. Oh, my gosh. And then up onto the uh, edge of the freeway. And believe it or not, my truck wasn't totaled. Oh, my gosh. But, it, I mean, it definitely sustained damage. I mean, I was, you know, going from freeway speed mm-hmm. to... You know, so, running off the side of the road. I imagine that um, my foot came off the gas. Yeah. Okay, you know what okay, I mean? Okay. Yeah. And, were you
1: ejected from the truck? No.
2: No. Wow. No. I mean, I'm sure I bounced around a little mm-hmm. bit. So, you know, I saw my truck and, and, and all I could think of was, man, I am fucked. Yeah. This is all bad, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, they... Uh, a lot of times, like, I was under the uh, impression that when you overdose, mm-hmm. there's, like, medical treatment that you receive after. Mm. But there really isn't. Yeah. Like, if if they revive you from an overdose... You're just done. That's it. Oh. Like, there, there's no... There's no, there's no kind of like treatment thereafter unless you have sustained serious head trauma or like the uh, you were unconscious for a amount of time that your brain yeah has you know. But then you're you know obviously you're in a hospital right, for right, a while right. and and to be honest with you it's all bad. There's not much they can do for you. Right. You know what I mean. But it's right. a lot like uh, being revived from an overdose is a lot like um, drowning in a pool mm-hmm. and then. Them hitting bring you, you with CPR, you spit up the water, yeah. you're back. Yeah, yeah. Essentially, you're back. Yeah. And uh, and that and that's how um, the the drug they use uh, these days is it's called Narcan. Narcan. Did and they Narcan you in the ambulance? Right. Okay. That I'm, I'm sure that's what yeah. revived me. Right. 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 And the cop, he did give me the option. You want to go to the hospital? or You want to go to jail? <laughs> and it was funny because he heard, he like saw the wheels turning in my head. <laughs> And he goes, "Don't worry, you're still going to jail after you go to the hospital." Oh, you know what I mean? And I, was, <laughs> I, go, I, I go, "Let's just, go to, Let's just yeah, go to jail."
1: I'm very familiar with those yeah.
0: choices yeah. that we give people. Yeah, you are, huh? Yeah.
2: And and uh, just as I was saying that, the uh, the paramedic came again with the Narcan, and he goes, "Just to be sure," and he hit me with another shot of Narcan because I guess what's what I, what happens sometimes is like. The Narcan can actually wear off. Oh, no. And you can actually slip back into the overdose. Okay. Where did he hit
0: you with the Narcan? In the arm.
2: In the arm? Just, just like, you know, in the muscle okay. or whatever. Okay. And, um. So it's a shot? Yes. Yeah. Because now
1: they're doing intranasal Narcan. Oh, really? Yeah.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, they, like, give it out. Oh, okay. And, uh, so, um, so I went to jail. And, and Vista wasn't far, you know. Right. County jail. I, I remember listening to your podcast. And, yeah. like, talking about the Vista County holding tank. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know went there and uh did you bail out or did you go i to, did you did okay and it was funny because somebody was like was it a regular it was a
0: dui 2500 bond
2: yeah i got a right that was the other thing i mean i really got off easy because it, it ended up like all they gave me was dui and felony possession okay at that time possessing heroin was a felony, a felony yeah right and so um but my bail was relatively cheap. Yeah. Um, I think they said I think it probably it was would have been five. If five. Exactly. 5, 000, it was yeah. five. Yeah. Because I got out on five hundred. Sounds real,
0: well, right? Based
1: yeah. on my criminal yeah. estimate. How were <laughs> you it, like physically feeling by the time you got to jail? Do
0: you remember? Your adrenaline's going because now you know you're in jail,
2: right? I, I mean, I was kind of normal. You, you get normal quick. Yeah. Like I wasn't. I wasn't high. You know. That's for sure. Yeah. But then again, I've heard that some people get like thrown into withdrawal. But the thing was, I wasn't necessarily I, if you, you at weren't that strung point. out
0: though. Yeah. So, right. Yeah.
2: So it was kind of a weird spot. You
0: yeah. Know? So just I'm sober bu- in jail.
2: Yeah. So you bailed out. Well, I I didn't really think I could be. I wasn't even going to, like, oh my God, this is all bad. You yeah. Know? And some, you know, uh, some guy in the holding tank was like, oh, you got a job? And I'm like, yeah, I got a job. <laughs> And he's like, yeah, yeah, dude, just call these people. Like, yeah. I mean, if you got, like, a hundred bucks, they like, you just give it to them and tell them you have a job and blah, blah, yeah, blah. totally. And I'm like, really? And he's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, cool, you know, I get on the phone and, uh, and like, you know, I almost felt guilty about it. Yeah. Like, I felt like maybe I should be in jail for a while. Yeah. But it's like, you know, all right, let me try to get out. Right. And, uh, you know, I called the guy and, and, and he came right through and um, I would... And that was the, like, the weird part was that, like, I that happened and a couple hours later you know i'm back at home yeah. you know like that it was a strange feeling like yeah. to, to go from those extremes from dead overdose <laughs> jail to jail to you know living room. questioning right. holding cell living room and right. all in the period from you know 12 yeah. o'clock noon to about you know one thirty in the morning like right. this all had transpired that's crazy and um and i remember uh you know getting home and and my roommate you know everybody had known and everybody knew because the people that found me and i'll get a little bit into that more the uh they had picked up my cell phone and this is before like i had like a flip phone it was like before yeah. like everybody had like the locks on their phone right, right, right. and i think they had just hit a random number in my phone uh-huh. and they called uh this girl that i was kind of seeing at the time it wasn't anything serious yeah but they called her, and they go, hey, we just found this kid on the side of the freeway. Is he uh, epileptic, or does he do drugs? And she's like, oh, it's probably heroin, you know what <laughs> I mean? And and, and she goes, uh, and she told me this later, that she heard the, the person she was talking to go, tell the paramedics it's heroin, and then click. Oh, my god! You know what I mean? So, obviously, she called, you know, the roommate crazy. was like, hey, I think Tommy's in trouble.
1: Oh, wow, that's and crazy. And so, um,
2: I got home, and, you know... My roommate looked at me, and there's not much to say at that point. Right. He's just kind of like, you all right, dude? <laughs> I'm like, I guess. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, my truck's in the tow yard. I'm, you know, obviously um, facing charges now. Whoop-de-woo. And uh, it was rough. I mean, yeah. it was totally rough. It was totally rough. And um, it shook me, man. It shook me. But um I was out of jail, and... I kind of just had to like carry on with normal life, right. and it was really weird. It was right. Really weird. Yeah, and uh, I obviously wasn't strung out. Yeah. So there was some motivation for me to, you know, like, hey, this was bad. Like, let me. What stay. did you do?
0: Did you stop using then? I mean, well, obviously definitely. not forever. Oh, you did. Okay.
2: Yeah. For was, how long? Do you remember? about thirty days. Okay. You okay. Know, okay.
0: All right. But it did. Days. It did scare you a little.
2: Oh yeah. Okay. For sure. And, and I remember having a lot of like evenings like where I was just like, man, I was nuts. Yeah. And, uh, it, the, the most wild part about the story was uh, about two days later, um, I'm back at work and I'm working at a uh, you know, an anonymous uh, home improvement store and uh, I was working the returns counter. And, <laughs> Not affiliated with uh, <laughs> <to> this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and I was working the uh, returns counter <laughs> and, uh, and a gentleman walked up to the counter and there's a specific kind of a uh, brand slash vendor that if there's something wrong with it, we just replace it, no questions okay. asked, Okay. you know? And so he said, hey, you know, this isn't, uh, this isn't working anymore, I, I need a new one. And, uh, all right, no worries, Bubba. You know, and, and so I take the, uh, I take the uh, merchandise, um, you know, throw it in the returns bin, and I go to grab him a new one. And uh, we were kind of slow, so I left the counter to do it. And uh, I come back, and I go, here you go. And uh, he didn't leave. Like after I gave it to him and he was kind of looking at me and uh, he goes, obviously you guys can't see me, but uh, I have tattoos and I think that that probably helped uh, this guy recognize me. And he said, uh, he looks at me and he goes, Hey, uh, how long were you in the hospital for?
1: What the hell?
2: And what? immediately, immediately I knew what he was talking about. Yeah. Like, but, but I think I still asked, like, what are you talking what about? What do you mean? You know what I mean? But, like, like, the wheels were already right. turning. Like, but, like, I, I, I was unconscious yeah. for, for this interaction. Mm-hmm. And he, he was tripped out. He was tripped out. And he goes, I can't believe I'm looking at you right now. He's like, last time I saw you, you were blue and you were not breathing. He said, you had phone coming out of your mouth. Like, like I'm surprised you're standing here right now, you know. And I go, man. I go. I go. You found me, huh? So,
0: so he was driving. So this guy is the one that found. So what happened? Yeah.
2: And I had to ask him. Like, right. You found me, huh? And he goes. He goes. Yeah. You almost hit these ladies. And he was actually leaving the other home improvement store okay. in that area. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.
0: And getting on the on ramp. I know exactly. So, what you're talking
2: about. so he said. You know, I saw you almost hit these ladies. Oh my gosh! As you flew across the on ramp coming from the top of the freeway. Oh my gosh! And um, these two ladies pulled over, and I pulled over. Oh my gosh! And you know, we called the the two ladies called the paramedic, and and you know, I was just kind of there as a bystander, you know. And uh, you that's know. crazy. But you know, wow. like it t- and it was, it was. That's crazy. It shook me up. That that shook me up. That's crazy. I yeah. can't
0: believe that was the guy and then he showed up at it. It was like your 2 store, days later, 2 days later. Yeah. That's crazy.
2: And, and and his the look on his face was nuts. Yeah. He
1: probably was feeling like he saw a ghost. Yeah. Like how scary yeah. to be like this is too, too many coincidences. The tattoos are really yeah. distinct, you know what I mean? Right, to Right. Like, he knew exactly who I was. Yeah, right.
2: Yeah. And uh
0: that's crazy. And that
2: was the other part that I that that told me that I that I was really close to death. Because yeah. I was blue. Yeah. Somebody that saw
0: you in. Right. Somebody saw you. And
2: I mean you can't really live that long without oxygen. Right. You know? Right. And, and and thank God it happened on the freeway. I know. Because there was real like like if that say, what if I would have fell out in the parking, in lot, the parking at, lot at the at that at, gas like station. At, at the gas pump. You know what right. I mean? Like people wouldn't have noticed like, oh that guy's just, you know Right. It's so like I sleep. Yeah. They might yeah. They wouldn't have Right. you know uh, probably saw me fast enough but like obviously if you're off if you're flying off you're flying the side of the freeway, the freeway something's wrong and people See I never there. knew
0: that part. I never knew that the person that found you showed up at home Depot yeah. 2 days later. Yeah. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. Okay, like that's crazy. Yeah. so okay, so so that's what happened then.
2: Right. So and and and, and I'd love to say that like that was like my my burning bush moment, right? And but
0: that's one of the reasons why. Well, that's like one of the things that we talk about on this show mm-hmm. is. So again, if you go, if y'all haven't had a chance to listen to the to the intro episode, the premise of this podcast is we talk about because my biggest problem, the biggest hindrance for me coming back and getting clean and staying clean was I felt like I've gone too far down. Things like this have happened to me. Things like this don't happen to normal people. How am I ever gonna be able to return to society again? And so the reason I'm on here and I've got people like my friend Tommy on here is to show that you know these kinds of things can happen and you can come back from them, even if it's not right away, even if they happen more than once, like Kim was talking about in episode two, I think, pre-contemplation, contemplation, and action. So in, in the 12-step community, what is encouraged, and I do agree with this, and I'm sure that you do too, is a sobriety slash clean date that you hold on that you hold on to and that's it. And it's not like you build up time over the course of a year. I mean, it's continuous clean sobriety time. And I do think that that's important. However, every time something like this happens, you are picking up information over time. And the science behind this is like what you're talking about and the therapy behind this and the human brain, it can take a couple of goes but that doesn't mean it's never going to work, and in the 12-step community sometimes, and this is no one's fault, but sometimes we can feel like, well look at them, they're doing it, they have six years, I keep only getting 30 days, obviously I'm just not going to get it. And so one of the main things I'm trying to express to people is that that is not true, that you can go through this and get a little time, a little time, a little time, and every time you're learning something. So. So I kind of want to shift there, yep. so and talk about where you are now mm-hmm. and what you maybe learned from that incident that is in your life now.
2: So where, so where are you now in this? Well, moment? I, I would totally say that, like to to be honest, yeah, I kind of thought I was smarter than an overdose, right? Like I didn't think that I I would ever overdose because I knew that's interesting. I you know think what I, I mean? Like, like like I I, I knew that you don't do that much right you know? when you
0: come back after a relapse
2: i know I knew right that too. Like, like i do these things and, right and, and my mom you know of course your mother right tommy i don't want to see you die i don't want to see you die and and i could always in my head be like i'm not gonna, I'm die. Not gonna die i no. might be strung out but i'm never gonna die right and and i couldn't i couldn't say that anymore yeah like is I, there
1: this idea of, i know you mentioned when you're going to use again after you have some clean time is it the idea of i'm just gonna get high one last time or i think i'm gonna start using again or does it kind of depend no no for me I, it's
2: just i'm gonna get high one more time i believe i believe the lie okay me too. and the lie you tell yourself is i'm gonna i'm gonna dip my feet in yeah wet my beak so right, to speak you know right. one more time right and and then i'm gonna go right back to it but it, like it doesn't make sense yeah you know?
0: Logically, look, it doesn't make sense, but I don't think that's a good question. I don't think anybody, though. I'm trying to think of all the addicts we know, I wonder if anybody says, "That said, it, it's on. I'm just going to go use." Yeah. I don't think that's ever really what you you do. I think it's I mean, that's never. A scary, that's a
2: scary prospect.
0: Yeah, it's never the intention that you're just going to go back and go out all the way. Mm-hmm. It's I'm gonna, one person is coming to mind that might think that. Yeah, yeah. But, it's
1: the. I'm going to just do it one more time.
0: Yes. Because because nobody wants to be a drug addict. And this is why, like, if someone's listening that is a family member, this is what my mom always used to say. No one wants to be a drug addict. Nobody wants to be living this way. You might be really angry with the addict in your life. Mm -hmm. But the addict in your life is, is, in my opinion, I mean, that's who's suffering. You know, you don't want to be a loser. You didn't want to be a loser. Mm -hmm. You know? It's so it's never that you're going out and thinking like, yeah, I'm going to return to that, you know? Um, but okay. So let's talk about where you are now in your life.
2: Hmm. (laughs) I mean, now, now today, well, like you went
0: surfing this morning, which is awesome. Uh,
2: Like I said, like, uh, I didn't get clean after that, you know, and worse things happened after that. Right. A lot worse. We'll have you back in January. (laughs) And, 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 um. But collectively, like when these things happened, it it's definitely stuff I look back on and say, you know, I don't want to be there again. Right. You know, and uh, a lot of it is, uh, you know, the day to day struggle that I don't want anymore. Right. You know, the the waking up in the morning and having to go chase something. Yeah. It's like it's like an extra chore. It's totally an extra chore. It's a job. On the flip side it's like Christmas Day every morning. Yeah. You know, and, 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 yeah. and that's what that that's the that's that duality of it is is you know yeah you it's so gratifying to, to chase that every morning, but it's so gratifying to not have to chase right. it. And, right. and and where I'm at today is is uh, I I have it I have a busy life. Yeah. And and I do things. Yeah. You know? I, I uh my first sponsor always told me, you know, like, if you're not having fun, you know, what are you doing? Right. You know, and, and I try to, and and no, life's not fun all the time, but it but it but it's it's uh, it's fulfilling, and I and I keep, keep busy, I stay in contact with people. That's that's, you know, we talked uh we talked earlier about about Steve, you yeah. know, and it's not just a like for me, I, I always. I'm a, I'm a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. You know what I mean, and I love you know I love the 12 steps, and a I'm part of that. Um, but the other part of me likes to pick it apart. You know, right? And, I, know. And, I and, and there's one thing though that I can't deny is true, right? And that the 12 step program totally says is the bread and butter of our program, and it's it's the connection between yes. you know one alcoholic and the, an to addict, another, yeah, to another alcoholic like that that is that is where we've recovered yes you know that's like that's when when I'm not when I'm not with my people and I'm not talking about what's going on in my life with my people I I don't necessarily feel good yeah and um I'm lucky enough to have a lot of friends that are uh you know recovering alcoholics and addicts pretty much all of them yeah pretty much all of them and uh you know uh me and Janine, we, we don't talk a lot, yeah. But but we do at the same time. Yeah, because we, we stay in the contact, same time. Yeah. you know. And yeah. and it's like you know she's she's uh she she's there, and then you know we're able to get together sometimes. Yeah, go to a meeting. Sometimes yeah. we'll hit that. Uh, that you nation, gave me my year. You, know? you gave me my year. Right. And 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 it's 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 the all of that. Yeah. So all of that for me was you know, and and it is today is is what makes my my life worth living um the other thing I, I i really enjoy today is is bettering myself as far as with work like yeah. as as a, as i i think it's a male thing like we we love our work
0: i'm the same way though actually yeah. i yeah. think that's what helped me this time was doing we talked about this on the first episode establishing myself again because i think it, it, it's it's this idea of having purpose and it gives me, it gives us a purpose, you know, that's, that's huge for me is getting back to work. That was
2: big for me too. I didn't, I didn't want to get clean and not be successful. Right. Like that. And, and, and you know, chasing that success again, that duality, Yeah. It, it's probably my biggest stressor, Yeah. but it's also my biggest sense of accomplishment. Yes. And, and, yeah, me too. and then I think that, that being sober is, is, is how we navigate that. Yeah. Like how, how, how do we go about having a healthy work balance and but still you know pushing ourselves right but not pushing ourselves to the point where you know shooting heroin becomes an option right yeah, yeah. and it, it, it's it, it's cool it, the other thing is obviously all the all the 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 pluses of like you know uh, I have a car that's right. nice right. I have surfboards. I have my own place. Right. I, you know, I get to go travel. Right. And, and, the, and the things, the things are great. The yeah. things are great. And those, what, what I really didn't like was the places I would end up. Yeah, I know. Me too. From getting high. Yeah. And the places I would end up, there was always one thing in common. Somebody was telling me what to do. Yeah. And I hated it. Yeah, I hated it. Yeah, and and not just what to do, but like when to sleep, right. when to eat. Right, and it's it's degrading. Right. Yeah. You know? Like yeah. oh, it's chore time. Yeah. Like, come <laughs> on, bro. You know, or or hey, it's time to lock down. You know, right. close yeah. your cell door. Yeah. Like and uh, I I have freedom today. Yeah. I have freedom. Yeah. I can when I leave here, I can. You know, it's it's a weekend. I, I can go. I can go do whatever I want. Yeah. You know, I can go do whatever I want. And, and I'm not free of it. Right. You know, when I go to work, I do have to listen to people. Right. Right. And I have to shut my mouth and, and But that's different from being locked
0: up or being exactly. in rehab. That's exactly. Know,
2: yeah. I, I've definitely got more. For, and it's you still know? your
0: choice, the job that
2: you're at. Exactly. That was the choice. Yep. You know, on on any set day, I you know, I I can. I can, you know, I can go where I want. You can go where you want. I yeah. can go where I want.
0: You know what, though? I feel the same way, though, about not being strung out, too. That, to me, was the, the most loss of freedom I've probably ever had in my life, is being, having to go get, like you were saying, like, I need to, at least $20 a day just to be able to breathe. You know? Just to be able to take one step. Mm. I need at least 20 bucks, And that, that, to me, was the worst part of being strung out. Was, like, and I think I said this in one of the earlier episodes my mom would, like, want to go to the beach and stuff. And now going to the beach reminds me of this because I would want to go, but I can't go because after an hour, I have to get well. So I can't go. I can't go get in the water with you. I can't go have fun with you in the water. I can't mm-hmm. do that because I'm fucking strung out. Mm-hmm. And now when I go to get in the ocean sometimes and I'm floating there, I think, like, still, six years later, I'm like, I don't have to go get well.
2: No. I have to stay here. Do you still think that sometimes? Most well, definitely
0: Like, I don't have to go
2: get well, dude. I mean, my... I could just be here. That was top priority in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I I I remember, you know... It's the first thing you have to do. I got to go to work, but I got to go run over here first, you know? And it's... It's... It's almost it, – it, it hit the point where I would be in full panic in the morning. Oh, me too. Like I would wake up like <gasps> – This better work out. Yeah. I hope they're home. Yeah. I hope they answer. I don't care. I don't care if they are sleeping. <laughs> yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm waking them up. Yeah. And, and and being that kind of person is hard on my self-esteem. Yes. Because you become real pushy. Yeah. Real desperate.
0: That's actually a good point. I was such an asshole.
2: Yeah. But, but – You know, and you know, you're acting bad and you know, and people are telling you you're acting bad, but it's like in your head, you're like, dude, I can't, I have to, I have to be like this. I
0: remember there was this day I was homeless and I was riding bikes with another friend of ours and we were going to go rob some houses. And I remember looking at him and I said, you know, I don't want to do this. And he said, I don't either. And I said, I really don't want to do this, but we have to. And he was like, no, I know. And I remember having this conversation. He was like, I don't want to do this. I hate this. I don't want to rob this old lady. We have to. And I said, we do. We have to. I remember this conversation. I remember where we were on our bikes in Oceanside. Mm-hmm. And I was with this young kid, actually. He was like 20 or 21. Mm-hmm. And we were going to rob some houses. And I remember thinking, I have to. Yeah. But I really didn't, you know. So, well, thank you so much for sharing that story. Yeah. Um, do you have any, Kim, what do you think? <laughs>
1: Um, so Tommy, you were mentioning about when you were first getting clean. About how do I fill my time? It's really important for you to be busy. How hard was it for you to find fun outside of using? And how did you go about doing it?
2: I, I mean, at first it was really hard. Mm-hmm. Like, I uh, I was lucky to have like surfing as a hobby, but you know the waves aren't always good. And and, and the reality is is when you get clean, it's good to try like new things. Mm. And, um, I was fortunate enough to have a sponsor that showed, like, like he showed me and invited me to do things Mm -hmm. that honestly I thought were like super lame, Mm -hmm. but, uh, I don't know, for one reason or another, I did it, you know, like, and, and, and some of those things I didn't, we did once and I didn't like, Mm -hmm. like mountain biking. We went mountain biking once and and I'd never been again. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like it. And then he invited me to play uh, soccer golf mm-hmm. and that, that actually became a thing for me yeah. and me and my friend Greg would go do it all the time, you know, and, 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 it was cool and I enjoyed it. But, uh, the big thing was just getting over that, that whole thing of like, no, I'm not going to try that because I've never done it before. It's like, you kind of got to get out there. You yeah. got to like, um, and you kind of have to be willing, and it's tough because when you're getting clean, money is kind of tight. Right, that's true. For most people, that's true. That's true. And, that's true. And because you're rebuilding your life, you feel real obligated to save your money and to not spend it. But uh, I, I would go ahead and say, it's okay, spend money on on things that are like new, like you know, if, if you want to buy a fishing license and a fishing pole. You know, and try that. Yeah. spend that money,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. you know,
2: spend that money and find something, you know, and, and you can be creative and and work at it and try to find things that, that don't cost money. But, but most things do. Yeah. And that's just the reality. But uh, uh, being open minded to to um, doing things and the, and the more people you meet, the more uh, activities you're going to come into contact with that you might like. Right. And. And for example, like yesterday, I bought a zoo pass, uh-huh. and 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 I wasn't sure that I would. That's awesome. I. That's so cool.
0: I wasn't sure that I was going to enjoy it. Did you go yesterday? Oh yeah. And and we were talking about this earlier. You saw
2: the the pygmy hippo. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Janine's obsessed. I post about the pygmy hippo on the studio page. I'm yeah. so jealous that you saw the pygmy.
2: Hippo. I thought I thought it was like you're you're not going to enjoy it like you did as a kid. Right. And I think I enjoy it more now. Yeah. Because I'm more intrigued by Like, I spend yeah. longer time sitting <laughs> at the exhibits. Oh, that's you cool. You know, and watching, like, the monkeys, like, talk to each other and <laughs> yell and, and chase each other. Like, it's... Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So, um... And you saw the hippos. You saw the pygmy. <laughs> right. And I, But I didn't want to spend the money. Yeah. I was like, dude, I, yeah. I don't want to buy a year pass. Like, yeah. This is, you know... But this, you did. Yeah. And, and I, as soon as I left there, I go, man, that's probably one of the best things I did, you know? Yeah. That's really cool. And, and, and why not? It all makes sense. San Diego Zoo is probably like the best the zoo, best zoo and, yeah. and, and, and world in the world. Famous. Yeah. It's world famous. And, yeah. <laughs> and $85 to go there for a year in yeah. a safari park? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go yeah. there when I'm just bored and I want right. to, you know, like you said, just like, it's got a lot of like, some of those hills got pole, you know what yeah. I mean? And it's just a good place to walk around. And right. like, if I ever feel real stressed out, like I'm I'm just going to yeah. take you to the zoo.
0: I, in those moments too, and I don't know if you felt this way at all yesterday, In moments like that, I feel – because I think the main thing that keeps me clean in addition to connection is gratitude to not be strung out anymore Mm -hmm. and to be present and able to do stuff like that. So in moments like that, like if I go, I know I will be overwhelmed with – and I feel so grateful to this day. I still have this even though it's been six years. I will feel so grateful that I had the money to be there, that I'm there, not strung out, and – can enjoy something so pure mm-hmm. as baby animals. Mm-hmm. Like, did that hit you yesterday at all? Did you think, I'm so glad I'm not using? Did oh, it yeah. cross your mind? Okay. Because the only reason. Because it crosses my mind all the time. The only reason. I'm would, so glad I'm not using. The only reason I
2: would go somewhere like that is if somebody said, like, you know, hey, I'll pay for your ticket and, and I got dope. And right. And like, well, yeah. oh, then for sure I'll go. You yeah. know what I mean? But. Like that's the problem with heroin is, is is it just, it just turns off your emotion. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a painkiller, but it's also an emotion killer. Yeah. So like all those emotions. It's a joy killer. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, and all those things that you need to, like all those emotions and stuff, it's what fuels you and it's what, what, you know, causes like, like everything works that's life. Right. And it works for a reason. it's, It's meant to be like that. But when I, when I, uh. When I use heroin, it turns off those thousand right. monkeys, thousand typewriters, yeah. you know what I mean? Like that whole, chat, all that chatter in my head, it just turns off and I become really, you know, one one focus, one thing, you know, yeah. and, and I don't have to worry about anything because yeah. it's like I've turned it off and, um, you know, the the ability to, to go do things now and, and enjoy myself, it it kind of brings me back from that spot. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, because it's like you said, it, it shuts off, I think, what a lot of people are probably trying to shut off, the pain, the trauma, whatever they have from their past, but it's also shutting off the joy, the desire to do anything The else. desire to do anything, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. A lot of the young people I've worked with initially are like, that would be so lame. What will I do if I don't use on the weekends? I don't, I, I really have no idea what I would do. And right. to say something like, did you know there's a new pygmy hippo? They would be like, that's so lame. Yeah. But it's like when you're there and you're clean, you go, actually, this is
0: bringing me yeah. a lot of joy. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't happen. But overnight. that's the beautiful side to recovery. And that's the whole reason why I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. Because that pygmy was cute before. But before I did heroin, I didn't have the same joy for it. Because that's, that's also actually, that's my whole thing. And I don't know if you feel this way. I'm actually really glad I ended up a heroin addict because, and you and I are kind of similar in our upbringings and where we're from, actually like oddly similar. I was a little bit, not necessarily spoiled, but I was very big on what I didn't have and what I wanted to have materialistically when I was older. I thought that I would just have the same life that we had growing up very easily. And that didn't end up happening. And when I got on heroin and came back, The joy that I had for stuff I already had, I finally got. Mm -hmm. You know, my life was already good. That hippo was cute in 1999 also. But I could have gone there pre-heroin and been like, you know, like thinking about all the other things I could be doing as a non-addict at the time. Mm -hmm. Now when I go back, I have a different level of appreciation for life because I almost lost everything. I don't know if you feel that way at all.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's opened up my creative side. Yeah, I, I want to ask questions about what I'm looking at. I want to find out more, you know. And um, I I hate saying it, but it kind of gets me in touch with my inner child. Yeah. Because like when I was a kid, like like I've always felt felt like you know I'm pretty sharp and smart and you know, but I was always interested in things. Yeah. And I was always like like I had questions and a lot of them about <laughs> how things work yeah. and how things and you know I get to. Um, i get to be that person again you yeah know? and i get to learn about a lot of things and and, and it, it, it it's great mm-hmm. yeah it's really
1: great yeah well like you said the interest was also probably shut shut off when you were using right mm-hmm. it was oh yeah. your sole focus you weren't like i wonder how that works anymore yeah. it was just like i have this one goal every morning when i wake up and you talked about the physical freedom you have you know when you're in jail or prison and they're telling you what to do and when to eat and what to eat and when to clean the physical freedom of being able to wake up and do what you want. What has the emotional freedom been like for you?
2: Now the emotional freedom, like that, that's something I got to keep it honest with you is like, that's like slow to come for sure. Like, like I, I definitely, um, I would say I struggle today with it, you know, Mm -hmm. like I'm not, I'm not completely, uh, Correct. When it comes to my emotions, I get I get angry a lot. Um, sure. I, uh, I I have an ego. Mm-hmm. My my like I really want to tell you that I'm right, and um, you know I've, I I struggle at work with it sometimes. I I've lost a job recently because I wanted to tell somebody like, hey, um, no, you're wrong. You know, mm-hmm. and it's like the higher authority they got, the more I want to you know mm-hmm. tell them that they're wrong, and and it, it's been. It's been a challenge, but just based on, like, that event that I'm telling you about, like, I've already learned something mm-hmm. that, like, you don't have to always be right. And uh, emotional, emotional freedom, um, I think there's, there's a lot of work left to be done there. Mm-hmm. And, 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 of course, there's a lot of work, or, or I wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't have been so hard to get clean. Right, you know, I use for a reason. You know, I got high for a reason, and it's because my thinker's is off, and it's not off just about drugs and alcohol, but it's off about a whole bunch of stuff. And it's easy to make that connection, like, hey, I'm not thinking right when it comes to drugs and alcohol, but it may not be as easy to make that connection as like, hey, you're not thinking right in regards to your work ethic or how you talk to people, you know, it, it's a lot easier to say, well, I just have a problem with drugs and alcohol and leave it at that, but that's not the case, you know. But I, that's a cool
0: thing, I think, about the 12 steps, too, is that over time, you start to apply that everywhere.
2: Right. You know? Right. And, and for me, that's emotional freedom, mm-hmm. is, is being able to, like, see where you've been twisted about things and then move forward from there and not let those things get in the way of yeah, like, your future. That's true. I like it, that. Cause you stop growing. People, people say that a lot about like people that when you stop, uh, growing emotionally at the age, you started getting high. Right. So, you know, I started getting high at like 13. Mm-hmm. So that means like I'm a 13 year old kid. Not, and that's not necessarily true. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because like you still go through stuff and you still do mature, but, uh, Sometimes on those uh, small emotional levels, mm-hmm. it is, like, very true, you know? Right. Like, your girlfriend breaks up with you, and you act like a weenie about it, you know <laughs> what I mean? And, and that was stuff that, like, um, I, I definitely uh, started learning as I got sober. So
1: what do you feel like is your biggest takeaway from what happened in September
2: of 2013? Uh, I mean, you know, there was definitely – so many people reached out to me after that happened. And it, and it really reminded me that, like, hey, you're cared about. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, that was, uh, that was helpful. That was helpful. Um, but you know what? Some, and, and that isn't really a, a test to the person I am more so than it is a test to, like, the people around me. Right. They just loved and cared about me, right. because you know what the the reality is is that there's some people bad thing I, being some of the places that I've been I've I've seen this that there's a lot of people out there that go through a lot of bad things that don't have loved ones that of, don't have people around them right to say hey we love you and we want to see you do better and those people are good people yeah they really how many are. people at
0: choices their parents didn't come out on saturdays exactly and they were very cool yeah. but they just
2: didn't grow they, they weren't fortunate my that, mom was like the only person that came
0: out every saturday and she would bring donuts for everybody Right. Her parents lived out of town or they would have been there right but you know how many of them just you know didn't have people come around right
2: and, and so th- that being said um the other part of it was based on that and all the other things that I've been through like I've, I've really I personally believe that there's like a divinity about it like a divine purpose for me to be alive Absolutely. and to continue to like stay sober and uh, it's funny I used to uh, I, I would say I've bounced a lot of checks with God <laughs> and what I mean by that is there's been a lot of times where I they, what do they call it like you know Prayers in the foxhole, like, yes. hey, if you get me out of this, dude, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll fly straight, I promise. <laughs> and uh, it got to a point where I stopped saying the prayers, yeah, because I felt so bad, yeah. But there were so many times where I would say, like, God, if you get me out of this, dude, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be good, and I swear, like, I'm gonna I'm gonna straighten my life out. Yeah. And when I say bouncy checks, because I would never, yeah, I would never pay my debt, because yeah. he would get me out. Yeah. It might have might might not have been right away. Right. But like, but we're sitting here, right? You know, and then, or, or or like, I got out. Of, I bailed out of jail that day. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And and I definitely said one of those prayers. Like, man, like, right? I'm, you know, right? The, like, thank you for like, I, because I felt grateful that I was still alive. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And it was one of those
2: things where I said like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do right, and I'm not gonna, you know, and, and you know, over time, I, 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 didn't. I didn't, right? I didn't live up to my side of it.
1: Right. right. Well, I think at your core that. You really felt that and wanted that for yourself. Do you know what I mean? Like when Janine's talking about, I don't want to be doing this. Right. I don't want to be doing it. I think at your core, we're all born like pure light, and you don't want to do you don't something want different. To be an asshole. But it's like those demons and that trauma and whatever we're dealing with and using to mask that comes up and mm, gets right. the best of us. I think. Right.
2: Well, in the in, and I'm also a big believer that sometimes. There, there, there may not be much trauma. Like I, I, I had a pretty good life growing up. Mm-hmm. Like I, I didn't really have anything that, that seriously shook me to my core. Right. And sometimes I just think I have a bad case of the dopamine. Like, well, like, I, I the, really the genetic
0: component, which we've talked about, because mm-hmm. I kind of feel the same way. Like I,
2: I just, I just really, really like the effect drugs and alcohol gave me right and, and i drink for effect and right. drink and drinking and drug for effect right. and and it it was like i almost feel like i came out out of the gate just not quite right right and then when i found opiates right. it was like the round peg sliding into the round hole like right. i had been spending my whole life trying to cram square and trying to right. peg through these holes and nothing felt quite right right and then it was like eureka Right. Here well, it is. Yeah. You know, th- this is like, it. it you know, it, it shuts off everything. Yeah. And... Um, that's why I think there's a genetic component often. Yeah. Yeah. And then as I continue to use, like, I wrote a narrative mm-hmm. that that made this my answer. Mm-hmm. Right. That's, it, a, that's a good way yeah. to say it. I and like it God. was my warm blanket ever since. Yeah. yeah. You know, that I would pull over me when I felt cold. That's a good analogy.
1: Though. Yeah, that's a good
2: analogy. I'm use that
1: okay thank you so much for your vulnerability i know it's not always easy to share about some of this stuff and thank you for being our first guest yeah thank you (laughs) for
0: being our first guest appreciate it okay guys so yeah again thank you tommy so much for coming out it was good to see you again too we hadn't seen each other in a long time And thank you guys. So just to give sort of a summary wrap up of what we've been talking about again today, I always want to bring it back to recovery and this idea that, you know, you can drive off the 78 because you died while you were driving and somebody can be driving by that stops, saves your life, comes into your store two days later, like the actual guardian angel that was there shows up. And we can look back at all of this and see that there was a divine grace over all of this because I know when you're out there and you're in the trenches and you feel so alone, there cannot be a plan and there cannot be somebody paying attention. Otherwise, it wouldn't be this hard. And so the reason we show up and we testify to our stories is to be, I want to be walking, living evidence that this story does not have to end the way that you think it's going to end right now. And that not only can it turn around, but it can turn around and you can be better for it. It's back to that principle in our intro episode that we talked about about post-traumatic stress growth and you don't just bounce back but you can actually bounce forward and the takeaways from this are can be things that are actually really positive positive. and the takeaways specifically here in Tommy's story I you know we see three things one a closer connection to his higher power which he can still access now to this day the clarity and sureness of that. Two, that people care about him and reached out. And that's obviously something he can still rely on today. And three, and this to me is the most important, that he's not above a drug overdose. And I personally used to feel that same way also. I thought, I'm not going to overdose. I know how much to do. And and the other thing about that is, and and this is key, and I want to highlight the way that he said this in the story was... I looked at the rig and I knew it was too much. It was too dark. And I thought that's a lot. And here's why I want to highlight that. Because what he could have said is, I got some bad dope, whatever. It was a bad batch. But he took responsibility and thought, nope, that was too much. I did that. And I think that's important because, you know, you guys all know the saying. We all know the saying. With great power comes great responsibility. And I think the reverse of that is true also though. With great responsibility comes great power. Meaning when we take responsibility for these things, we take our power back. And for him to say, man, I knew that was too much and I did it anyways. Two things, accountability for what happened and also the knowledge moving forward that that was too much. And the fear of that helps keep him clean you know, to this day. And so those three things, and I ask you guys, especially if you're in early recovery, if there's something you're sitting on and you think, man, I can't believe I did that. It makes me cringe when I think about it. Can you reframe it and say, okay, fine. I did it. What, how can I look back and say, maybe I grew from that in these ways. And that's what I want to encourage all of you guys listening to do. Those of you listening that are you know, in, in recovery to listen to what we're talking about and look at your own experience and journey and and see what can you pull from that and reframe some of your own experiences in, in that light. So thank you guys so much for listening and joining us again today. Like I said in the beginning, if you could please rate and review, especially on iTunes, that's really helpful. If you know anyone that could benefit from listening to our podcast, we would love for you to share it. If you want to connect with us on Instagram, the Instagram for the show is Chasing Heroin. We're still building that. My personal Instagram is Shanine Coulter. And Kim's Instagram is kcap524. Her Instagram is private, so if you go there, you won't be able to see, but you can send her a DM or send her a request, and she'll see it. So if you guys have any questions or anything that you'd like us to address on the show, please let us know. And thank you guys again so much for being here.
1: Thank you very much.